Welcome to Conversations at the Cohen Center, a podcast about the humanities and interdisciplinarity, produced by the Cohen Center for the Humanities at James Madison University. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm really pleased to be joined by Ginny Sankson and Rachel Greger. Hello. Uh, Ginny's a longtime uh, friend of the show, as Dave Letterman used to say, and Rachel <laughs> is a newcomer to the show. But we're going to be talking about the project that Ginny and Rachel did this past summer, summer of 2021, with the Madison Art Collection. Uh, and so I'm really excited to have you on and talking about this. Well, we're excited to be here and to uh, reminisce over a wonderful summer. It was a very perfect productive, perfect, wonderful experience over the summer. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, well, thank you for sharing uh, this uh, reminiscence with us. So tell me, uh, what exactly was the project and how did it come to uh, to come about? Well, it came about uh, when I think you and I both saw the request for proposals for academic institutes and centers, summer student research and scholarship program, which was uh, generously funded by the Office of Research and Scholarship here at JMU. And it wanted to support students through an eight-week summer research experience uh, to foster collaboration between the centers, um, increase student access to mentored scholarly experiences and to advance the scholarly work of the centers. So it seemed really like a wonderful way for the Madison Art Collection and the Cohen Center for the Humanities to partner on something that would greatly benefit JMU students. And I immediately thought of the African objects in the Madison Art Collection as being a topic for study. So we have about 35,000 objects. Uh, we have a lot that uh, are worthy of fresh scholarship and time, but the African objects in particular are a strength of the collection and something that I'd like to interpret um, to the best of our abilities. So it seems like a great chance to have a student really dive deep on these objects and give us a fresh take on them. Sure, sure. And and what you were doing basically was creating a digital component to these so that this could be shared beyond just the physical space of the Lisenby. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, COVID-19 um, has done a number of things. Uh, in particular, it's shone a light on things that we can improve upon. And for the Madison Art Collection as a resource, digitization is really key for us to improve upon. Uh, we are trying to work on our digital presence and to increase the ability of students, faculty, and community members to be able to easily search through the collection, learn about the objects, even if they can't physically get to our spaces. So this project is getting everything ready so that we, when we are ready to put everything onto a digital platform, whatever form that might be, we have some fresh scholarship to accompany it. Okay, so this is an ongoing process right now. 
Oh, yes. Yes. The work is still not done, sadly. Uh, we are, I, I think we're down to maybe one or two more rows in the storeroom. Uh, so it is quite a process. We've been working on it since fall of 2020. Um, and the work continues, but we're hoping by the end of this summer to be wrapping up with that and then to move to finding the perfect digital platform to share our objects with. Well, excellent. Well, Rachel, let's bring you into the conversation. You are a graduate student in the history program. Uh, how did you get involved with this? Well, I actually also did my undergrad at JMU. So I had worked with Ginny uh, during my senior year. My fall semester, I did general uh, collections care, and then I did exhibition design in the spring. So it was really wonderful. I got to come back in between my undergrad and my graduate year and actually see the exhibit that I designed. And then I'd been in contact with Ginny on and off throughout the summer and through um, my first year at JMU coming back for grad school. And I found out about this opportunity and I absolutely jumped on it. I was so excited to be back and working in the Lisenby, working with Ginny and I am actually doing for my thesis, um, I'm talking about interpretations of slavery at different historical sites and how museums can work with people who have a connection with previously enslaved people and creating these interpretations. So getting to you know, work with African art and learn proper ways of doing interpretation on subject matter that isn't always research in the best way or research to the fullest capability. It was a really good stepping stone to springboard me a little bit more into thinking about my thesis. And I got so much more out of this project than just doing the African art objects. I got to handle other pieces. I assisted with doing some more scanning and other kind of administrative work at the museum. And I got to attend conferences, which until now, I really never got the opportunity to do. So I was very grateful for this opportunity. Well, it's so nice that it dovetailed with your own scholarship that you're working on in the history program. Why don't you, could you take us through just what it would, what it means to, you know, work with a, an object, what it means to scan it in, to do research about it. Just, just walk the audience through that, please, if you will. Oh, definitely. Uh, so when you first see the object, you do have a lot of careful considerations you have to take into account, such as how stable is it? Can I pick it up? Can I you know, flip it over and see what's on the back? Um, so first, it's a lot of just general observation. And it's extremely important. You never know if there's a unseen crack or some area of the piece that's not very stable and you don't want to put any unnecessary pressure on it. So you just start off looking at the object, um, trying to see if there are any of these more weaker areas. And I normally like to do a condition report first, um, just so you do make note of any of these weaknesses to an object. And I know everything, <laughs> honestly, there's probably way too much I put into a maintenance report, but following that, then you just try to find comparative pieces in literature and other museums and other institutions. And that can really give you the springboard of where to take your research next. Um, 
all aspects of this, I normally put into whatever cataloging software I would be using or any types of forms that I'm filling out because it's really important for the next researcher who comes along to kind of understand your thought process and how you got to the conclusions you have came to with the history of the piece or the general information regarding the piece. And Rachel, the audience might not know what a condition report is and why it's important. Could you talk a little bit more about why we do those on an almost psychotic level? <laughs> <laughs> psychotic and pretty, uh, pretty frequent. Yes. Condition mm -hmm. reports. Um, every institution is slightly different with what they want with it. Uh, and basically you are taking measurements of a piece. You are looking for change over time of how any natural elements or any possible damage has fallen against the piece because of installing it in an exhibit or just general handling. Uh, and you just take notations of all of this change over time. So in some places I've worked, we do condition reports once a year or every other year. Other places we try to do it every couple months. It also depends on how active you're using one specific piece. Um, some pieces are a lot more easy to put into an exhibit where others you have to finesse a little bit more to get it to fit into your subject matter. But all in all, those maintenance reports will be used, you know, from the time you get the piece until you either deaccession the piece or it moves on to a new home. Yeah, I'm thinking about the, uh, Nwantante plank masks that you looked at uh, pretty early on in the process and through examining them and doing a condition report we noticed that there was some instability of the mineral pigments that are used as paint on the surface so Rachel was able to identify those points of instability and we were able to make note of that that future conservation would be an appropriate choice for many of these objects so because you're not just dealing with objects of art, you're dealing with history. Here. Oh, absolutely. And, and Rachel, you mentioned reaching out and contacting others when doing your research. Uh, so it's almost like you're an investigator, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was in contact a lot with um, the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts. They have a pretty large African art collection. Um, and there's also the Smithsonian. Um, and there were a couple of professors at JMU I was actually trying to get into contact with. Uh, there was one object that may have been my favorite object we got to handle. And it was this sort of pot that was made out of a gourd. Um, and initially I handled it and I was very careful. So I wasn't really aware that there were things inside of the pot because it had a lid. Um, and after form, further examination, uh, did find out there were things in there. And it was a wide variety of objects, um, including, you know, feet of chickens and other types of remains from animals, feathers, wide variety of objects. And I actually was trying to get in contact with some people outside of just African art and trying to understand what was this pot used for? Could it have been something with a religious background? Um, there were several people and several different routes you could have taken with this. And it was 
wonderful to get to go through all of these different people and learn, even if it didn't apply to that specific object, there's still things out there in the world that have similar origin stories. Now you did this for 145 objects. Is that correct? Uh, went through this process of cataloging them and scanning them. Uh, I believe so. Yes. That many. And, and how many objects are there in total in the Africana studies uh, group? That's a very good question. And that's something that I will hopefully have at the end of this inventory process. I think that we have a few more African objects on the shelves that um, we need to go through and enter into our spreadsheets. But then the next step after that initial spreadsheet is done is to pull together groupings of different cultures and geographic regions so that they can be very easily shared with students and faculty and community members. So I will come back to the podcast next fall and answer that question for you. Oh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess it's it's fair to say then it would be wonderful if a if Rachel came back or another graduate student came back and worked with you for a number of weeks to help continue this process, not only for the Africana Studies uh, objects, but for other objects that you might have that need to be uh, digitized. Absolutely. The Madison Art Collection is a teaching collection, so it is a resource for the JMU and surrounding community. And the beauty of it is that you get this very rare opportunity to work closely with objects in a way that's fairly unusual at an undergraduate level. Um, some curators aren't even allowed to touch the objects in their collection. It's uh, very tightly controlled usually. So offering students hands-on opportunities is one of the strengths of the Madison Art Collection. And every document that accompanies an object is a living document. It should constantly be updated, constantly being added to, and um, constantly being edited as we get new information or as best practices change. So this is something that should engage JMU students for the uh, foreseeable future, certainly. And we have such a wonderful encyclopedic collection that depending on your interest, we probably have something that fits the bill. And how long had it been since some of these objects had been uh researched how the, the documentation with them had been updated? I think that the last exhaustive inventory of the collection was perhaps 2013. So it's it's been a couple of years and a complete inventory is something that should be done about every 10 years. And research should be kind of constant through that. So for a number of these objects, it has been a couple of years since they were researched. And the beauty of having Rachel come in and work very closely with these objects is that when we are ready to display them in various exhibitions, we have good current interpretation that's ready to be used. So we don't have to stop and research. We can just insert it into an exhibition plan. Excuse me. How did the uh, Madison Art Collection uh uh, receive uh, the objects in this collection? Oh, boy. You know, a variety of donors were involved in it. And luckily, I have my 
collection spreadsheet up right here. So there were a number of different gifts that helped comprise this collection. There was a gift of Robert Ziegler in 1992, and then the gift of the Catherine I collection in 2011, which came from the Honors College. So those two really make up the bulk of the collection, but there were a number of other generous donations of African objects in addition to those. Now, is the Lisenby currently open or are you still shut down because of COVID? Well, we're shut down, not necessarily because of COVID. Our space is small, but we had planned on being closed uh, for this digitization actually long before COVID. It just happened to overlap with it. And so we plan to open next fall with Savoring the Moon, Japanese art of the floating world which should be really wonderful. It's an honors capstone project that Madison Dalton, a JMU graduate and current MA student, created for a project. And it's going to feature a newly restored painting that has never been exhibited previously. Well, that sounds that sounds really fascinating and a great opportunity for the JMU community and the Harrisonburg community to see something like this. I so next hope next. So. So next fall is when people can start coming back and seeing things in person at the Lisbon. Yes. yes. So that's when our public exhibitions will go up. However, in between now and then, we are still here as a resource for the community. So we have all of our contact information on our website, off of the JMU homepage. We are active on social media. So if JMU students, faculty, or community members, uh, or even scholars beyond uh, Virginia are interested in learning more about the objects in our collection, please reach out. We would love to facilitate one-on-one -on -one visits or small group visits. I've had a number of class visits actually come and we met in the Lisenby space, but it was just open for that one visit, but it's a really great chance to see things not behind glass or vitrines, uh, but right there in person as the original audience would have experienced them. Now, Rachel, not to put you on the spot, uh, but do your future plans include uh, more work with museums and artifacts such as this? Currently, yes. Um, I would love to stick in the museum world. Um, I don't know if I would stick with African art. Nothing against African art. I just have so much more interest in more colonial America. Um, currently, I work at the Virginia Quilt Museum, so I've been doing a lot of curatorial, very similar work that I did at the Lisenby. Um, and then I actually come from a background in archaeology. So there's tons of history here, especially in Virginia, that I intend to stick with and take it to a higher level looking in museums. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that and with your studies. Uh, any final any final thoughts from either one of you or any plugs you want to do? Gosh, final thoughts. So this was just 
such a really wonderful opportunity. I'm really grateful for the support that we got. Uh, not only did Rachel do a lot of wonderful work over the summer, but I do not have any interns over the summer. So she was a wonderful uh, helpmate as I was going through and doing some work with spatial organization. So it was a joy to have her there and it yielded great things. I was so grateful for this opportunity as well. I previously at the Lizenby, there were less opportunities for me as I was an undergrad. Um, but I got to do so many more things that I even thought about this semester, uh, this past <laughs> summer, we were, you know, cutting epithome and doing a thousand other things. I hadn't had the opportunity to do in any other position I've had. And that's something that, not only was very cool to me, but will definitely help me in the future. I think that's one of the advantages of, you know, taking this digitization year is that we are giving interns the opportunity to do things behind the scenes. So when Rachel was an intern, we were still open to the public and she learned a lot about visitor services and exhibition design. But there's a whole slew of tasks that happen behind the storeroom doors. So being able to engage students in that process has been a lot of fun for them and for me. Well, we certainly were glad that we were able to participate in this small way that we did, the Cohen Center for the Humanities. And hopefully next year we can do something like this again. We can collaborate again on Absolutely. your important work. I've, I've got a list of projects that I have in mind. So I'll, you'll definitely be hearing from me. Well, I look forward to it. Well, thank you both very much for speaking with me today. Jenny Sankson, director of the Madison Art Collection, Rachel Greger, second year master's student in the Department of History graduate program here at James Madison University. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Conversations at the Cohen Center. Make sure to follow us at Instagram and Twitter at JMU Cohen Center and be on the lookout for more conversations at the Cohen Center.